0: Chris Gilmore, analyst at APSA Wealth and Investment Management. Good morning, Chris. Good morning, Sakina. Now, the oil market, uh, looking at what's happening there, Brent crude and uh, West Texas immediate, uh, that, I mean, uh, they keeping uh, going lower what uh, looking at those prices and what the market is doing around it. What can we say about that?
1: You know, for a while now, there has been this conspiracy theory that um you're getting this confluence of events, you're getting lower demand, plus greatly increased supply from the U.S., and that you're getting the Saudis somehow trying to get involved in a, in a, in a kind of face-off uh, to see how, how low they can, they can push the prices because they, they want to get the Americans, uh, the shale oil producers in the States, out of the equation. Um, I don't think that's necessarily the case, although the demand side is, 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 and, and the supply uh, increase are definitely factors. I don't necessarily think there's a conspiracy here. And if you look at the figures that have come out recently from Saudi Arabia in terms of their, um, their September oil prints, it's interesting that there are suggestions from those, if you interpret them quite deeply, that there may well be uh, cuts taking place already. Now, if you just look at the production figures coming out of Saudi Arabia, which is the world's biggest swing producer, um, it, th- th- these figures kind of mask what's going on in the kingdom itself. You're getting burgeoning domestic uh, requirements. You're getting things like crude burn. You're getting uh, increased stocking. And you're getting big consumption taking place. Although it, it might not be a big population, there's an awful lot of consumption taking place in Saudi Arabia. So um, those, the, the, those latest figures, uh, I think, mask a lot of things what's going on. If you just take the crude exports um, and, the, the, and the product uh, exports as well, in other words, some of the refined products, I think you get a better indication of what's going on out there. And those would suggest that already the Saudis may be cutting back a bit on production. Now, if that's the case, um, I think we could well be seeing the end in sight of this huge downturn in the oil price. I mean, you mentioned Brent crude, West Texas Intermediate. They've, they've been coming down, plummeting, in fact, since about June when, they, when Brent crude was, tra- lost, was trading about 115, down below 80 now. Well, about 30% down. It, we could be seeing a situation where that may, be, may well be about to turn. Not good news for us as consumers, but better news, I think, for the producers, maybe perhaps in the short term.
0: Mm. And then uh, looking at uh, what came out yesterday, Deloitte uh, released a report on the African consumer. Now, a few questions here, Chris. How strong is uh, the African GDP growth likely to be in the next five years? What is driving it? Is it sustainable? And is Africa perhaps the new China?
1: Yeah, you know, this has been ever since since McKinsey released their um, big document, I think called Lions on the Move, back in 2010. Africa really has become the flavor of the month. It's become the flavor of the decade, without a shadow of a doubt. And, um, you know, in in Deloitte's view, just to kind of uh, condense what they've been saying, it's a fantastic document they put out here. Um, They say the consumer opportunity in Africa rests on five key pillars, the rise of the middle class, exponential population growth, the dominance of youth, rapid urbanization, and fast adoption of digital technologies. You know, um, GDP growth in Africa probably set to double by 2019 to around about 3.7 trillion U.S. dollars. That's big. We have to put some of this in context, though. If you take the 20 or 21 countries that um, comprise geographic East Africa, I'm thinking of countries like Kenya, uh, Uganda, Tanzania, etc., um, they have a combined GDP about the same size as Switzerland. So, you know, uh, I think one has to hone in on, on the big economies, the oil-based economies, things like uh, countries like Nigeria and Angola, for example. Um, interesting, look at the urbanization. There are now 61 countries in Africa that have populations of over a million. I mean, that's phenomenal. If you sit down and try and think of which where they are, you, you probably run, off, run out after about four or five. So there's phenomenal growth as far as that's concerned, and in, in many countries you're seeing um, leapfrogging of, um, of, of of existing technologies by um, by mobile technologies. For, so, for example, in Kenya you've got M-Pesa, which um, you know it, the, the kind of mobile banking thing, mm. and, and you're seeing something like 70% of Kenya's GNP going through that. So. The African middle class, I think this is what really is, is, is the basis here of the optimism, because on my estimates, not Deloitte's, Deloitte's Deloitte reckon there's about 350 million people uh, who would qualify as middle class. I reckon it's closer to 100 million. That's based on people who've got 20 U.S. dollars a day or more to spend. But that's growing, and it's, it's becoming a, a potent force there, and I think that will help to improve the politics, because it means that it will, it will break the power of the, some of the corrupt governments out, out in Africa.
0: And just finally, Chris, uh, six South African platinum miners have uh, launched the World Platinum Investment Council. But what is the purpose of this new vehicle and, uh, you know, what might its effect be on the platinum price?
1: I think what it will do is in many ways it will probably replace Johnson Matty as the the primary source of supply and demand data. Now, if you look at what happened earlier this year, you had five a month, uh, five and a half month strike in platinum. It did absolutely nothing for the platinum price. So I think more reliable um, and timeless uh, in, in data coming out from the World Platinum Investment Council should help investors and speculators alike make more informed decisions about uh, platinum investment. Look, I think the background for platinum looks very, very good with world economic growth starting to pick up again. So this, I think, will, will be a good vehicle to provide that information. It's analogous, I think, in many ways to the World Gold Council that was formed some years ago. And as I say, I think should provide some some good and, and sustainable you know long term information on the whole platinum supply and demand industry.